Hello and welcome back to the podcast. As you may have noticed, we've had a bit of a rebrand while we've been off air and NG Meets has become not what I'm talking about. Um, we spent a lot of time thinking about the name and we've decided it was time to uh, freshen things up a bit. Uh, as part of that, we're also moving the release date of podcasts and we'll now be releasing new episodes on Thursdays. And as ever, they'll be at ngdigital.podbean.com. Uh, and then also from the likes of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We're also looking at plans of a new website and things like that that will make it even easier to get the podcast and information on it. So hopefully you'll enjoy uh, the episodes we've got coming forward. The format will be the same. We'll be sitting and chatting to people from and connected to Nottingham. Uh, such as this week's guest, who is David Phillips, who is head teacher at Chilwell School in Nottingham. Um, obviously, we all know what the past year's been like you know, with furlough, working from home, places closing, lockdown, shielding, things like that. And of course, one of the biggest um, upheavals, particularly for families, was the closure of schools and the movement to online and homeschooling so i contacted david to have a chat with him about how that's been from the school's point of view uh, chill school is actually the school that my oldest child goes to so i'm all, i know a lot about the provisions they've put in place and i've been very impressed with what they've done uh, not only in the provisions they've put on and how that's improved over time but also in the way they've communicated with parents and children and also the community and the way they've helped you know they did things like taking a van out to provide stationary equipment during holidays ready for uh, children to use uh, and things like that and it's uh, it's obviously been a tough time for everyone for children for schools for parents for teaching staff and everyone that works in education and it was interesting to talk today about how the schools adapted to that um the impacts it's obviously had, what it might mean going forward, particularly in terms of things like examinations, because while we've seen this year's exams, for example, are going to remain based uh, on assessment like last year, there's also the thought that even if schools are now fully open and do stay open from now on, uh, children that are going to be taking exams in the next few years have still been massively impacted over this period, and that needs to be taken into consideration we also talked about obviously how they've had schools, you know, teachers have had to learn things like handling the social distancing, the, the testing that's taken place. Uh, so we had a chat about that and just about the lockdown in general. It's it's a fascinating chat. It's interesting, obviously, always interesting to talk to people from different walks about how this has impacted, you know, uh, businesses, charities, uh, organisations, individuals and the like. And as I say, schooling has been one that's suffered the biggest impact, but also one of the ones that's been uh, maybe the most controversial. A lot of people unhappy with the school lockdown. Teachers uh, unjustly coming under a lot of criticism, you know, for the way it's been handled, despite having to go out of their way to work so hard. Not only providing online provisions, but also still teaching in schools at the same time. So I thought it was very important to try and speak to... uh, people that are within education about what this period's been like from them. So this is a fascinating chat. I hope you enjoy listening to it. Please do let me know what you think about it. 
As ever, you can find us on social media. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Nottingham. Sorry. Facebook.com forward slash NG Digital or on Twitter at NG Digital UK. And, uh, and as ever, you can find the podcast ngdigital.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. So thanks for joining us. Welcome to Not's What I'm Talking About. And this is Not's What I'm Talking About with David Phillips of Chilwell School. To kick things off, I thought I was looking at it, and I think, if I'm right, that this this week is actually a a, a year to the week that the last schools actually closed at the beginning of the very first lockdown. Uh, that's remember. right. That's right. And we, we are. We, we, it's the anniversary week, basically. Um, yeah. And uh, and actually, yes, I still remember that. It was it was really odd in the lead up to it. You kind of. I think a number of us thought that something big was going to happen, that there was going to be some big moment. And in fact, actually, really oddly, I seem to remember in the in the weeks leading up to our closure, it actually just felt a little bit messy. We we started to have increased absence. Um, we started to have people who were actually not in school, yeah. um, people who were not well. Um, and actually... I should have realised, but actually, it, it it's never quite as kind of neat as you close one door and open another door, and and that's what it was for schools. I think last year it was suddenly we then got this announcement that actually everything was just going to shut down, um, and I remember speaking to the staff, um, and actually that was a very it was a very emotional meeting uh, that that actually our regular day pattern of what we were expecting to do was just completely just going to be thrown up in the air and, and none of us really knew at that time what we were going to do. Um, we'd spent the week encouraging students to, to collect as, as many of their exercise books and, and study books as they would need just in case they were not going to be coming back into school. Um, and actually we managed that. But then suddenly they were gone. And, and, and it was it, it's a most peculiar situation. Yeah, it was it was very strange because I think as, as you said there, there was definitely a sense um, something was coming. Obviously, we could all see what was happening, um, you know, in, in places like Italy, as it, uh, where they were already starting to close down. So I think there was a sense of coming, but when it did actually come, it was very quick. It was yeah. it was kind of like I think it was like a Monday night, um, and I know I was actually we we had already actually stopped. Uh, we were all on self isolation because my younger child had been sent home mm. um, so um but then i think it was the monday night and it was just like um friday everything well school's shut and it was just like so it's like so there you kind of sense something was coming when it did mm. come it was so quick and i imagine obviously that for you for you then because obviously you still got kids in that last week but at the same time you then got the knowledge that as of the week after You've got to try and somehow put something into place, yeah, yeah, that quickly, which must have and, been. And I still, I still remember it being. I think all of us were kind of 
not sure how long this would last. And, and, and I remember having conversations with people just thinking, well, all that will happen is it'll just be that maybe we'll just extend the Easter holiday for a little bit longer and then, and then we'll be able to come back and, and move on. Um, so we kind of threw together very, very quickly a kind of a package of, of, of support for students and, and let that run, I think, up until the Easter break. Um, but it was, it, it, because it was thrown together very quickly, it, it, had, uh, it had the disadvantage of being almost like kind of um, opening the fridge door to be able to sort of see what's in there and, and take out and no, no real kind of like monitoring or no real yeah. sort of like structure of, of what that might look like. It was in effect work to be, I suppose, for, no, for just be getting on with. Um, and we just realised that that wasn't going to be sustainable, um, that, that actually it would just mean that, in effect, you know, to, to carry on the metaphor, that fridge would just get big, getting more and more stacked full of full of stuff, uh, you know, out of date stuff that you didn't couldn't quite find that would end up at the back of the fridge. And we just thought you can't organise learning and a curriculum like that. Um, which then led us to then think, what are we already doing? What are we already using within school? Um, and that just took us back to the whole idea of Google Drive and Google Classrooms, which which allowed us then to use that facility to to help us structure that learning and structure our curriculum. Yeah, it's like you say, it was it was very fast, but over time it developed, and it was it was very interesting and incredible to see the way uh, systems were put in place. And one thing I've often said is, um, you know, I, I wonder what would have happened if this had happened when I was at school when you know none, none of this remote learning would have been possible or anything like I, that. I don't think we any of us can imagine what no. what what it would have been like I, um, but you know what I mean and, and again when I was at school there was no such thing as the internet uh if you wanted a book to be able to use you either had to get it from your teacher or you'd get it from the library yeah. or you'd make a trip into town to be able to order something from the library which might take a few weeks um there was nothing like that at all um and and i think it, the, the internet has served us well i think in terms yeah. of being able to make sure that that to a certain extent that learning is, has not been as lost as perhaps it could have been and our communication has been been able to be able to keep strong with with families and communities yeah definitely and i mean when you look at it now as you said you know it's it's been a year and it's it's only just that the, the children have gone back for the second time so without without those um, technologies and facilities available, you were looking at pretty much a lost year. Yes, and that yeah. and that's I mean that's really impossible to imagine the impact that would have had. Yeah, yeah. although and again, I, I I never want to stretch this comparison too far, but we we see you know in the news all the time young people who are fleeing war torn environments who have had their education disrupted through having to move from one country to another, perhaps under in, in dangerous situations or having had their school destroyed. I mean, you know, again, seeing stories about that happening in Syria. This is this disruption to children's lives, unfortunately, happens right across the world. Yeah. And and I think we have in our society felt quite uh, cushioned, I suppose, from that level of disruption. But I think if we look at the experience that's happened around the world about how resilient people are and communities are and how successful people can be in coming back from situations like that, 
then I then I know that we shouldn't be facing this with pessimism. That actually that we can always have some hope that that children will not necessarily bounce back because I think bounce back puts people back where they were. Yeah. And I think what we've done is I think we've all learned a lot about ourselves and about how communities run and 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 how we need to run our lives through this. Uh, definitely, yeah. It's, it's, I think you know in, in many ways it's been a, a very good you know obviously it's been a terrible situation but in terms of the way communities have come together you know not just with school but when we saw people you know that were going out and picking up shopping for neighbours that were isolating and you know people were talking to neighbours and people on the street more in a lockdown than they ever actually did when you could just pop over almost. Uh, absolutely uh, absolutely I, I, I think that that sense of community is, is certainly something that we felt as a school um, I, fe I felt that we have done our best to be able to try to make sure that we are, you know, an important spoke, not necessarily the hub of that wheel, but a really significant spoke that's kind of holding that wheel of the community together. Um, and, and the response that we've been getting back from the community has been so strong in terms of the support that we've had, you know, the thanks that we've got, because it's tough. It's tough for all the staff who are working within school. Uh, to be able to, you know, shoulder that responsibility of trying to yeah. make sure that students are moving on, especially when, you know, weirdly, over, you know, up until recently, we were all in online situations where we'd made the decision that it wasn't wasn't necessarily appropriate for students to have the cameras on. So that kind of disembodied um, experience over over the internet has has been tough to manage, and, and they've done really well. So the, the the support that we've had has been has been crucial for that. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's been really good. I mean, uh, one of the things that I thought was really important that uh, that your your school did was the sort of weekly phone calls. Um, you know, even talking to not just to the parents but to the students as well, and just that it's just that um, feeling that the that the cares there is so important to yeah. kids because it's a rough time. You know, it, I, it I don't know. How, I'm amazed at how well actually the the children have handled it because you know it's hard for the rest of, for all of us. But at that age, when you're such social, you know, group group people, that's you know you're used to mixing and spending all your day with mixing, and then you just have that cut off. Mm. Um, I think they've I think they've adapted to the situation so well. I, don't think, I yeah. don't think they necessarily get enough credit for that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think it's about getting the, I mean, for all of us in our lives, I think, I think we need a kind of combination of routine and excitement. Um, and I think this has really kind of knocked that kind of element of how people are managing their lives. So, you know, the routine of school, you know, we, we want to make school as interesting as possible. But, but let's face it, it is a routine. You wake up yeah. in the morning, like people going to work, you go to school, you undertake a day at school, and then you go back home again. And that routine, that regular routine, is, is something that many people then find quite disruptive when they've not got that. You know, as you see when people have retired from, from a lifetime of work and, and actually find themselves a bit disorientated and lost unless they've planned it really carefully. So that regular contact with tutors was was something of that we wanted to build in that routine. We wanted to build in the way that in terms of we organised Google Classroom to be able to make sure that there was a routine of yeah. learning. Um, the excitement is is the really difficult bit because 
we I, I see it now in, in in all the conversations that we have that so many of us have just there's that sense we've all feeling well we've had enough now we we, we want we want to we want to get back to things we're doing and you know like days like today when, when we've got comic relief when actually i'd said to as many staff as possible you know let's just make sure well, i know we can't see the smiles but let's just try and bring smiles to people's faces as much as possible and and that's great you know today is different it's it's yeah and i celebrate the fact that today is different because yesterday and the day before were kind of merging into one um, and I think we all got to try to find things about what can we do. And that's where I think that ties into, I think, the excitement that I think communities have had. Because people have thought, my regular routine is disrupted, but maybe I'll do something different. Maybe I'll feel something that gives myself some value. And, and that might well be helping a neighbour or organising something or being part of something else, whether it's, you know, clapping on your front doorstep or whatever. That I think all of us search for that to try to find that element of a combination of routine and excitement. Yeah, and and so many of us I think have had to become um, Zoom experts <laughs> over the last year. And Absolutely, even, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and even things like it's it's been able to keep like my uh, younger child being able to still engage with things like beavers and things yeah. like that. That yes, you know, yeah, that would have not been possible. Um, so obviously. With, with the kids are now, or the children are now back again, um, we had the, obviously they went back in September and then again in January, which again, I think we all see sort of coming and there are a lot of questions can be asked about why the decision was made when it was made, when it was quite clear. I think to many of us, but before the Christmas holiday, I think that it was, it was going to have to be closed and locked down again. Mm. Um, and obviously the, the second lockdown was different because I guess by then as well, the school, the schools had established a much better structure in place. Like you said, you you develop systems, and you could see that immediately upon the second lockdown, um, the kids were able to get into things a lot quicker, um, and obviously, and continue on. Uh, but now they're they're back. They've just I think this is this is the first four week back. It is the first four. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, how's how's that been? Obviously, you had the they had the testing. I saw the video you did of the testing. Yeah. Um, I've obviously spoken to my, my son about the testing and that seems to have, have worked very well, given how, I mean, I don't know, how, it must be very difficult trying to get uh, children to socially isolate when they've not seen each other for Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I think about the things that we've experienced over the last year and, and, and I would never have dreamt that we'd be engaged in some of the activities that we've been involved in as a school and, and as staff. Um, and, the, you know, the, the, the testing um, is exactly part of that. You know, our Christmas was disrupted because uh, we were asked by the government to be able to make sure that testing centres were ready. So that was a lot of work that we put in place that then actually sat there empty while, while, uh, while we were in lockdown. Um, but again, you know, you approach these things with some element of trepidation. You put as much planning in as possible. And, and yet, as, as we've talked about earlier, the, the, the positive way that the children have reacted, um, I had in my mind, you know, how could we set up maybe a separate room if we had children who were going to be upset when we were going through the testing? And you know what? We virtually had no instance of that at all. Um, it was so incredibly smooth. Um, and 
and that was down to the fact that I think, yeah, we, we tried all sorts of things about sending out information about what to expect. You know, I did think that actually whilst, whilst I did put that video out, it wasn't about the, the, the detail of the actual test itself, but just to try to make sure that the students were familiar in some ways about what the environment was going to be like yeah. around them. And that's what we did before they came back last September when we planned, you know, these are the, these are the entrances that you're going to be coming in because it's going to be yeah. different from what you normally expect. Um, but they've responded really well. Uh, you know, we are, we are back into the rhythm in effect of what the students were doing when they returned to us in September. Um, when we saw them come back in, you know, for a couple of days last week and then fully this week, they've again readopted those routines that were, were embedded. Um, and it's, and it's overall those routines are positive because they offer security and, and that, that comes down to what about education is all about. It really, we've talked about routines before and it is that if routines are in place, I think people feel a, an element of security and control about what's going on. And that's why I think routines are so important first thing in the morning within lessons um, so that students actually know, you know, I know what to expect. Yeah. I know what's expected of me. And, and in this situation now when the stakes are much higher in terms of, the disruption that can happen to individual students or to even year groups if we have to send them home, uh, the impact it could have on our relatives and elderly relatives or teaching staff and support staff within school, the stakes are high. So, um, so, so we try to make sure that let's just focus on the detail of the routines, let's focus on the, the learning um, and let's make sure that we don't need to then spend our time fretting too much. Yeah, and I think as well, for children because this is such a a strange time like say everything's been thrown out and it still is and we're still some time away um you know even in best case scenario we're still quite a long way away from getting back to what you might call a normal normality yeah. um, i think um, having i know that school is obviously different now you know bubbles and mask wearing and social distancing but just that normality of getting up going into school taking part in school when everything else at the minute is still so abnormal I think is yeah. is a big thing for children and just being able to spend some time with people outside of their own homes their friend groups and and then the teachers oh, uh, yeah and seeing seeing the students come back into school seeing them being able to enjoy each other's company again is is fantastic I mean that, that's why most of us go into education we want yeah. to see that excitement and working with young people um, and we've seen that this week and, and it's been and it's been great. Excellent. Um, one of the, the big obviously issues beyond adapting the school and the day and things has obviously been exams. Uh, last year obviously was um, very on the I guess very on the fly and there were obviously a lot of issues. Uh, you, you know things were changed and the way they were graded and I think you've I think you've recently talked about what the plan is this year I think it's mostly it's assessment based and things like that but obviously that I imagine not just for the, the children it's affected but also the teachers is very um, stressful and anxiety anxious time because we're talking about children that are about to go probably their future and these results obviously have a massive impact yes. on that yeah um, uh, and, and actually the, I think schools are now in a position that I think we fully accept the responsibility that we've got. Um, yesterday, in fact, I was chairing a discussion with the head of Ofqual at the Askell 
conference um, and again was putting questions to him about the the clarity that we need to have in place to make sure that students and their parents have confidence in the school and in the system. Um, we've run sessions for parents and for students to be able to lay out quite clearly for them uh, the, the process that we're going to be going through. In, in everything we do, we just try to make sure that we are transparent so that there is there's nothing hidden. This is what we are. This is what we do. This is how we are planning on doing things. Um, you know, sometimes we'll get things wrong, hopefully not too frequently. Um, and I think the process that we're approaching for these summer exams is based upon developing a confidence in our staff that they are that the procedures they've got in place are going to be correct, that we're going to support them in that, making sure that students and parents are aware of what we're doing. It is made a bit more difficult because as yet, the exam boards have not yet uh, issued their support materials. We're expecting that to come out just before Easter. Um, they've also announced it's going to go out publicly just after Easter. Um, so we've, we can't wait for that. Um, yeah. You know, one, one would have argued that perhaps the, the, the initial decision to by the DfE last autumn to insist that exams were going to go ahead as normal we could probably see was an accident waiting to happen. Um, and we've, we've had to respond quickly. Um, we have said to parents, we always like a plan B, and we had a plan B back yeah. in September because not all of us necessarily believed that the government's optimism was, was in the right place. Um, so we've already started the process of collecting assessments, collecting evidence, to, and that students are then clear on, on what they need to do up to Easter and in that crucial next half term. Excellent. And I think it's, it's going to be interesting, obviously, going ahead. You know, if, if we, if things go as best case scenario, um, you know, that's being hope, potentially overly hope, hopeful. But if we said that school, you know, if we looked at it and then after the summer holidays, schools are running more or less back to how they were prior to the lockdown, you know, the social distancing um, has been relaxed and things like that. Where do you see sort of going forward with exams? Because obviously the students that are going to be going into exams in 2022 are still going to obviously be impacted. Yeah. And in fact, uh, students that, all through the next absolutely. generation. Absolutely. And, and there are already plans that are uh, being made by Ofqual and the exam boards in order to address how uh, grading will be undertaken in 2022 because yes we do absolutely have to recognize that the disruption has been keenly felt by those people who have been facing examinations in the summer of 21 and 20 but we do need to think about the long term um, and, and, and it is essential that actually we review what needs to be in place and not just at a school level and a national level yeah. what needs to be in place for those students who are coming through and facing examinations into the future if examinations are in fact used in the same way it was clear and, and Ofqual have made it clear that they believe exams are the best way to be able to assess students understanding um, but we also need to recognize these are strange times uh, and in strange times you perhaps need to sometimes amend your planning yeah, this is it. This is a you know the the effects of this this pandemic and lockdown are are going to be long felt. It's it's not a case of once you know lockdown's over we go back to normal. Over you know we no. the, 
beyond not just school, all through education, uh, economically, the, the impact of this is going to be you know, generational, I think, at least. So, yeah, uh, and, and I think when people sometimes say normal, they, they sometimes think that that is uh, the same as it was before. And I don't think that when we come back to school in September, we will ever go back to as it was before. Um, and it probably would be wrong to do so because we all learn things and we all amend things and we all tweak things in our lives to be able to make sure that our lives or our learning are better. And I think it's, it's true to say that in being put into a situation that none of us wanted to be in, uh, schools across the country have learnt things and have learnt how to do things which we wouldn't want to lose. Yeah, we'd want to make sure that we still hold on to some of the aspects of what we do. Um, certainly, that the online provision is infinitely better, and actually was something that many schools would want to work towards about having their curriculum accessible and online because. Under normal circumstances, people break their legs. Under normal yeah. circumstances, students, unfortunately, have long-term illnesses or are not able to be in school. And the far as possible that you can have an online curriculum, which clearly is not going to be as effective and as strong as children sitting in classrooms and enjoying you know, direct teaching from a teacher and the support of their, of their friends and colleagues. But there is something there. And I think it was always a challenge, I think, for schools to be able to support the learning of students whose lives have been disrupted in some ways and we've had to face that because everybody's life now has been disrupted yeah i think that's a great point and that's something that that's come up talking across you know with you with universities you know we've seen the sort of what you know the, the working world um working from home now is something i think that a lot of people are going to that's going to stick around you know maybe not full fully but at least the more flexible people are going to expect a more flexible approach to working from home and things like that oh i i think yeah. so and i i think actually i know we're focusing upon schools but i think the working environment is going to be something that is we're going to see a, a much more significant i think change in that and when that happens you then start thinking about what the nature of city centres become mm. um, and we've already seen the kind of the impact upon uh, industries which rely upon uh, workers being um, located very much in a city centre environment now if we move fundamentally away from that I think we'll see cities changing quite significantly in terms of how they're made up yeah it could be interesting in the same sense as then what that means for smaller edge of the edge of the county towns you know places like beeston exactly exactly yeah it may well be that actually you know beeston becomes much more vibrant in many ways because it its population is perhaps stays within that area yeah because that's where they live and where they work and clearly that already happens for many people in their lives but it's also a place where where people commute from or commute into yeah, it's, it's, I think you look back through history and any time we have a major, um, you know, life changing happening like has happened now, the impact is, is everlasting, effectively. Yeah. It's fundamental changes. Yes, yeah. 
Well, I know you're obviously really busy, as you say. Not only have you got all the children back, but it's also uh, Red Nose Day. So uh, I wanted to say thank you very much for taking some time. Out. I know uh, we've been sort of planning this for a while, but I think when we first spoke was about two days before they announced the reopening of schools. So it was um, it was an interesting timing. But it, it's been great to sort of speak to you about this and find out. You know, obviously I'm I'm aware of the side of it from the pupil side. Uh, having children that have been home learning but it's been interesting to see and uh, I also think it's important to acknowledge the work that teachers uh, and you know all staff in schools and all education have been putting in which I don't think they necessarily always get uh, the appreciation they deserve. Um, Darren thank you I appreciate that it's, and it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. So a massive thank you there to David Phillips for taking time to us. As you can imagine, it was a hectic period. We recorded that episode at the end of the first full week back for the school and also on Red Nose Day. So it was quite a hectic time. So it was much appreciated that he managed to take out half an hour to have a chat with us about things. And as you can see, it's been an interesting period for schools and it could be interesting going forward. But it's fantastic to see, you know, the way... Schools have managed during this period. Uh, I think we have to give a lot of credit to teachers, support staff, everybody that works within education, and of course, the pupils. You know, we've uh, things might be starting to ease up, but I think we've still got a long road ahead. And you know, we don't yet know what winter and times like that might be, and the impact of this is going to be profound on everyone, but in particular, I think children. So that's going to be uh, something that we need to look at going ahead. As as David says, the impact on on examinations isn't just about these people directly impacted by being unable to take their examinations within school, but also children that have, have seen their education um, massively disrupted because although schools have gone out of their way to provide these online provisions and support, not everyone has been in the same situation in terms of receiving it and it isn't just it isn't the same you know the initial lockdown schools had to then try and quickly adapt and put in systems i think anyone with children would have seen the difference between the first and second lockdown but even so you know different children would have handled these situations in different ways and that's all got to be taken account for to try and make sure these children still have the best chance going forward and I know schools are going out of their way to do that. So again, thank you to David, thank you to anyone in education for what you've done. I know as as a parent of of three children of varying ages, I've been extremely impressed by what the schools have done uh, during this very difficult time and uh, I'm sure many others are. Let me know what you think if you've got, if you want to let us know as ever, contact us, NG Digital podbean.com where you can find the podcast and on social media twitter is at ngdigitaluk facebook.com forward slash ngdigital 
Uh, we've got more episodes lined up. Keep an eye on those social media sites for announcements of upcoming guests. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the new episode. This has been Not What I'm Talking About. Until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>